Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! All right, episode 16 of Shirt Show. We're talking with Shannon from Mile 6 in Australia. Let's go! There it is. Hey, dude, what's up? Hey, how you going? You good? Yeah, yeah, go Ready for it. Go? Yeah. Right. First of I, all, first of all, that shirt we got hand printing is not a crime. <laughs> <laughs> second of yeah. all, is the eat shit fuck you poster you have in the background? You like it? <laughs> I do love it. Yeah. That's um that's from some guys over in the states called Real Friends of Print, and um it's kind of like a bit of a shop motto, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. yeah. The, Hand printing is not a crime is like my take on um, skateboarding is not a crime. Yeah. And so uh, Joel, our art director, put it together and um, it's kind of like a, a, well, you know, we hand print. So Mm -hmm. I don't know you guys, both of you guys sort of don't do or is it Andy, is that how you started? I've watched a few of your podcasts. So Oh yeah, yeah. So I started uh, on a manual and um, in a garage very familiar. I was one of those people that know manual printing before I knew auto, auto printing, you know? Mm. And in fact, auto printing was really intimidating. I never even, I knew I wanted it. I always, I always imagined like when I was manually printing easier ways to do it. When I was on long runs, I thought to myself, well, how could I make it so that it's kind of an auto or how can I make this easier? Yeah. Because um, back then inks were thicker and I was printing on hoodies and things like that. And just, it was destroying my wrist, you know? So you know, I'm soft, I'm, I'm soft handy. Right. You know that. Yeah. Right. I'm soft handy. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's like, um, so I started on a manual and we have a manual here. I think mm. maybe even the same as Dylan, right? Yeah. Sidewinder. Sidewinder. Yeah. So we recently yeah, bought two more two heads cruises. for us. Two cruisers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and we, I like the press, we print on it. We generally only do like fixes. So if let's say uh, there's a three color or something that that we that had a hole in it or there was a misprint, let's say we'll order the fix in. Maybe it's one shirt or two shirts or whatever it is. And we'll set it up on the manual and print it so that it doesn't interfere with, with, uh, auto production. Um, and also we print all of our transfers on it, uh, for, oh, the, cool. for retagging, you know? Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, I've never worked in a shop with an auto, so that's why we don't have one. And, um, where, kind of my story of how I got to be in a print shop kind of there's a place in London where I, I worked for two years called PhotoFit, Al and Pete, and they actually, uh, they had three manual machines. And so, and they were doing hundreds and hundreds of t-shirts, but well, they just outsourced all their printing to this massive shop in the back of London somewhere that had like seven or eight Taz, Taz machines. So that's kind of like my mud map for um, the shop, but both my printer, well, Matt, my head printer, we call him the wizard. He, um, he's used them, but every kind of six months, I'm like, ah, oh, we should, should we? He's like, no, mate, no, it's soulless. <laughs> so, um, but well, we, what pretty- we do is, yeah, sorry, we just have the two, if we have a big job, we'll set both, um, manuals up with the same job and then we just tag team. So, right. Right. Do you, do you feel like you have the work for an auto or is it more because you think about it because you want to do quality of life for the printers? Uh, we definitely have situations or stages when we have the work. Um, one of our biggest clients is a beer company called young Henry's and we might get 
for one design, seven or eight hundred T's of the same design. And um, we could definitely put that on an auto. Um, I don't outsource, don't like outsourcing any of that sort of stuff because it's one of my biggest clients. So I'd have an issue if my client found out and then went to that company. Um, I definitely like the idea of an auto. Um, If I was ever to do it, it would be a striker, you know, those the oval things. The ovals, yeah. um, I like those because you can open them up and put more heads in. Yeah. Um, I kind of like, they look a bit funny too. So I kind of like the, the, you know, when they hit the corner and they just sort of flick around. Like. <laughs> <laughs> we used to have, we used to have an oval a long time ago. That was like the first auto we ever had. Yeah. It was a precision oval and that thing was fucking dangerous. Oh really? Like, yeah. It had like no safety features on it. Yeah. Um, I was going to say like, I've been hit probably, 10 times by, uh, by the auto. Yeah. And, uh, I would say, but on the ends, you know, when it does flip around, it goes super mm. fast, like twice as fast as, yeah. Yeah. as it seems like anyway, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it goes. It's not even, fast. it wasn't even, that wasn't even the problem with us. Cause it had these metal guards on it to where like, you couldn't kind of bump into it or run into it. But it, uh, the biggest thing was like all the heads came down at once, like all the print heads, it was like the whole side just came down and printed like whatever screen was in would print, but it had no like stopping if something was in the way. So like, I think Brian was like in it doing something and the like, uh, Kyle didn't see him in there and like turned it on and it like came down and he was like, luckily he got out of the way, but it was like one of those like rough days at work where, you know, they thought they were going to kill each other because yeah, you know, he almost got crushed in the machine. Yeah. Um, but they're definitely cool. Like that, that, that thing was like super old antique when we got it. Um, mm. but the strikers are nice, like you said, because like, if you ever want to go bigger or do anything different, you can always add to it. Yeah. I think I had this idea that if it was big enough, you could put two jobs, like one on either side. So you could, you know, you can also go a bit faster. Yeah. yeah. Um, the idea of having an auto is def- definitely appeals. And the, I think it was something you said, Andy, where, everything prints at once. So it's like, it's basically, it's heaps quicker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, the other problem, well, not a problem. The, the point that I have is it's like, you know, for us to work, uh, the amount of work that we need to then feed an auto triples. Um, so that would sort of take me from, I'd just be constantly, I, I feel like I'd be in a point where I'm constantly trying to like negotiate on price and getting cheaper and cheaper to try and, to bring the work in because the volume that you can put on them is bigger. So I don't know. I think when uh, Matt says to me, Hey man, like my wrists are fucked. <laughs> so like we need an auto. Yeah. Um, a couple I things. I think, um, I think the striker is uh, it's made for two, re- two things. One of them, what you said is the expandability you can add in a section. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing was this design is meant for skinnier uh, spaces, you know, like mm. long, narrow buildings, let's say, because yeah. the, like what we have is, you know, it's a circle basically, and it's, it yeah. takes up more space. Um, but I think going like the transition or as far as soulless goes, I was trying to think when you said, yeah, don't, uh, please don't I take know. offense to that. I don't, I don't, cause I know, um, I agree with you, um, to an extent, you know, I, I completely get it. Like you're, you, that print, uh, you made, you like mm. used your, you know, arms and you pulled a squeegee, you save yourself. However, um, for, for auto running an auto, there's also something to that. There's something mm. to be said for, uh, kind of 
being, uh, you know, figuring out that machine, because there's all the, all the variables are still there. You know, you still have to flash, you still have to watch your pressure and your squeegee speed and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's the thing too, that's like artistic about it is that you, you, the printer need to know like what mesh you're going to use or what angle you're going to use or what kind of ink or what you're going to add to it. And all those things, things are still there. Like it's still a very personal thing. It's just, you're actually not pulling the squeegee. Like you're setting it up, you're putting all the switches, you're doing everything you got to do. It's just the physical labor of pulling the squeegee is gone. So everything else is still there for the most part. It's just, I've just never used one. And that, I think that's part of the problem. Um, the, there's a, the MNR distributor here, which is called raw tech. He has a trade night sort of once a year. And it's at this massive big shop called T1, which is kind of one of the, the companies that we outsource to. And her shop is, is probably close to comparable to both of yours. Her name's Pam Manel. And it's an amazing space. And every time I go in there, I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> she's got everything. She's got the Unicode. She's got the, mm-hmm. one of the very first M, uh, the, the, director screen thing m links uh m links yeah she's got one of the very first in fact i think she was probably one of the first shops over here that had it she's got the eco tech the all of it you know and every time i go in now i kind of get like i'm like whoa this is amazing um but i i literally have only ever stood at a machine once and loaded the machine the shirts on and I, it nearly took my arm off. <laughs> it was so fast. And, and Glenn, their operator was like, dude, we haven't even turned it on. It's still warming up. And I was like, holy, <laughs> holy crap, man. It, it freaked me out. So there's definitely something robotic about only loading. You know, if that's all you're doing is loading, mm. then, then I, I yeah. hear you, you know, yeah. but, but as far as setting up the job and making it run, you know, there's definitely some soul to that. Oh I, yeah. And, and, um, you know, from my perspective, I don't really print much anymore. And, um, that's where, um, Matt and Ben, the, the two guys that do all the, all the printing, you know, they, um, I'm sure that, you know, they love the intricacies and the angles and the pressures and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, if I gave them that to play with, I'm sure they mm. would, you know, they would have as much fun with it. Um, but yeah, I think the other thing is just for me, it's it's a space. We don't have a huge amount of space. We're, we're in 169 square meters. I don't know what that... Um, yeah, we tried place. to do the math on this once before. We're not even going to try. It got yeah. really badly. Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, we're, we're the width of two cruisers side by side, a little bit of room. Um, we don't have one big oven. When I replaced my ovens, I got two mini ovens. The Yeah, why? Um, tell us about that. Why, why are there two? Dylan was mentioning um, that earlier. We did it because... We did it for a couple of reasons. The cost was the same um, to get the two middle, the two little ones versus the the, the, the radicure, I think it's called the the next Bigger one. one. I, yeah. I don't know the names. Um, but what the, the one of the main reasons we did it was if we're doing uh, white t-shirts on one carousel and black on the other, so we can each each operator change each the belt speed. Yeah, each printer's got his own thing. And then the other thing was like. I've been trying to move our shop for like nearly three years and we did it so that when we move, um, we have a lot more flexibility um, with trying to set up the shop. So instead of having, you know, like traditionally most shops, I guess, have the oven sort of as a runway through the middle. um, We have a little bit more flexibility and, you know, like let's say we did decide to put an auto in, we could, you know, put an auto here and then put the two little carousels on the side and they could all sort of run into like a, a center point. Um, and that's, that was Matt, um, the wizard, that was his, that was his suggestion. And, you know, it's worked really good. We turn them on and off really all the time. I'm a bit of a powered, um, <laughs> I'm pretty 
keen to make sure that we have the power on and off. So, um, you know, so if one, like if Ben's not printing, his oven's not on or we turn them off at lunchtime and all that sort of stuff. So, um, and so far it's worked out. Um, I don't like the power bill. It's for us, it's about $45 a day. So I don't know if that, that's, that's something, not, you know, yeah, that's something that I've always kind of wondered about. And like, we just keep ours on all like eight hours that we're here. Yeah. Do you need, do you, do you leave yours on no matter what too all day long or do you shut it off? Um, ours are on all day. Uh, but I would say that your, that, that strategy, we, we had two, um, heat waves, but, um, so we used to have two heat waves. That's how we ran. We had, um, um, one auto and then a heat wave for that. And when we expanded the way our shop had to expand, when we added our second auto, we just added another heat wave. Heat wave is just like, uh, it was their smallest gas and one of our smallest gas dryer. Mm. And so, um, we did something similar. So we ran two dryers for a while, but it turned out that, and for that reason too, because isn't that, isn't that awesome where that you can run, like you said, different shirt materials, mm. you know, down in, through different ovens. And so we have that now with one oven, we got the split belt. The plan now is around August next year to move, hopefully. Mm. Who knows what happens with the COVID, right. COVID space. <laughs> so, you know, if I need to uh, upgrade the belt, uh, the, um, the oven to do that, then, you know, it's, it's, it's totally like, I don't have a problem with doing it. But, Dylan, are you I getting just, a bunch of texts up there? So oh, that's me. Is that you? <laughs> yeah, sorry. We, you know, it's like nine, oh, eight thirty here, nine. Yeah, eight, you're nine, in the so. future, right? I'm at, yeah. I'm, I'm at work. <laughs> well, you guys are at work, but like Joel is over here, and the guys are all in there. I'm like, no gurneying today. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So, how did you end up with the name Isle Six? Ooh, uh, good question. My very first job was uh, I finished school. I left college when I was seventeen, before the. The, the year finished and I went and worked at a supermarket and uh, I always had this sort of, I became, ended up being like an aisle, a shop boy, like a, I could stack the shelves. Yeah. And I, I was born on the 6th of March. So um, I kind of had this dream that aisle six was this, the aisle that you go to that everything was cool. And if you couldn't find it, it was in aisle six and it was special. And originally aisle six was a clothing, like I did it as a clothing label. Um, I never, uh, I, I wanted to print, but I wanted it to be a t-shirt label. And so aisle six was just like, oh, if you go, it's in aisle six. That's where, <laughs> it, that's where it is. The, the yeah. spelling is just whack. I, 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 I love it, but I hate it because I have to explain to every, almost every person. Cause we have the six where the S would be. Oh, yeah. But what happened was uh, I had aisle six.com as a domain name and then I let it lapse and some, someone swooped in and got it. I don't know what it's for now. So I had to change the name to the way it's spelt. And, you know, from a um, Google words or search engine, it's really bad, <laughs> but I kind of look at it now as if people can find us, then, you know, they've taken a little bit of time. Well, that's what I tell myself. Um, yeah. My first yeah. job was also at a supermarket. We, I, um, too. yours too, really? No mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. I worked. For I really liked it. Minimum wage. And we, mm -hmm. um, my job there was to just bag groceries and then take them out to the customer's car. Like we fought, mm. you couldn't take your own groceries out. And so we, we pushed the cart out to the car and loaded up the car for them. And sometimes they'd try and give you a tip and you're not, you, you were not allowed to take a tip. Just the tip. Um, huh? <laughs> just the tip. <laughs> but I did sometimes, but, mm, uh, but hardly ever. Just the tip. 
Right. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. But I was like you though. Like I, I would prefer to stock shelves and stuff like that. And like you were saying to keep an aisle tidy was to like, we called it facing where you would pull mm-hmm. all the cans to the front and make the aisle look like super nice. Yeah. I yeah. always took the shittiest aisle, like for everybody else, which was cans yeah. because I could work my whole shift in that aisle and not have to do anything else. I just could like zone out and all I have to do is pull cans forward. Yeah. And that was like, I love that. I mean, I was like in high school, so it was like, you know, you just want to get through the day to go to the party at night. So fuck it. Just like pull cans forward. I loved it. And, you know, you'd hear like mop and bucket in aisle six or whatever it was. And that should have used to, you know, that used to get (laughs) me excited. Pretend you didn't hear it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, um, or sometimes it, it could be anything, could be puke, it could be, you know, <laughs> usually it was like a glass yeah. jar of spaghetti sauce that some kids knocked off. That used but, to be, that used to be like us at work though. Like we would uh, play tricks on like other employees. We would like take an egg and like half crack it and hide it in places like heating vents and stuff so that oh. when it got rotten, it would fucking smell. Yeah, wow. um, or like kind of- crack open chocolate milk and like leave it under the stairs for a while and then make the new kid tell him like in order to be part of the club, he has to drink it. Yeah. Um, the good stuff, yeah. you know, I played in April. They, one of my jobs was, uh, I had to count the trolleys every morning and the manager was like, Oh, you need to go to the far car park. And like, she was like, she sent me like to the furthest possible place to pick up a trolley. And then there was no trolley there. So I was like, not, this is not nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my favorite times at the supermarket was when uh, like led bulbs first came out and they wanted to change all the lights in the supermarket to leds. And they, we were taking down all those like cancer fucking, uh, what are they like CFLs or whatever. And we just played star Wars basically out by the dumpster for like a week, just smashing them against each other and like sword fighting with them. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, that's, I, that's good. I like, that's a, that's a sweet way to come up with a name. It wasn't like, you know, hand pulled screen printing.com or something. It was actually had some meaning behind it. Yeah. I mean, uh, the the whole thing behind it was originally as a clothing label my i'd be at a party and my friends would say something stupid like you know home theater is an oxymoron and i'd write that down in my book and then i'd make them a t-shirt you know and that's kind of how it all sort of started and then i had no idea on how to screen print i haven't i'm not trade qualified um i'm not sure if it's a trade over in the states but over here it is and um i wish it was that'd be cool i'd love to have that certification right yeah well you you want to make that up andy We'll just make people get certified now. Yeah. And so I just, just I, when I grew up in Canberra and uh, when I moved to Sydney, I found a, a TAFE course, um, which is like night school. And I did that f- every year for four years on a Monday night. And every semester or the end of every term, I'd say to the teacher, oh, can you please fail me? Because then I could go back and I could keep, I could keep printing. And you used to see me, I'd walk in, uh, I had this little Volkswagen Beetle and I'd, I'd, in the back, I'd have all my screens and then I'd have all these box of t-shirts and I'd just literally go in and just would print away trying to figure out, figure it all out. And then um, that's kind of how it sort of came about. And a buddy of mine, Sim bought me this, I don't even know what you'd call it now, probably a boat anchor. Um, But it bought me this carousel from this supplier and it was $700. I was like, I, I, I couldn't even grasp that much money, but he kind of knew that he, he could tell that it was something that I, I gave a shit about essentially. And so 
I'd make the screens and go home and I lived in this share house and my carousel was kind of tucked away in the corner and my, my flatmates would go out and every time they'd go out, I'd pull the carousel out and have my heat gun and my water-based ink and I'd try and, you know, print some shirts. And then um, that's kind of how it sort of, it all sort of started. So did you start with water-based then? Yeah, I didn't know any different. Um, I would use, there's a, an Australian brand here called Permacet. You, you guys can probably yeah. get it over there, but yeah. um, I had no idea. Like I, I had no idea about any of it. Plus the soling, I didn't even know the difference. So you just learned on it. That's that's what you knew. Yeah, uh, the TAFE course kind of got me the foundations, you know, like um, making screens, coding screens. But the real sort of when I kind of actually learnt what I know now was when I went to London and worked at the shop PhotoFit. And I walked in there thinking I entered an ad in like one of the um, – uh, it was like the backpacker magazines called TNT. And I was like, we're looking for a screen printer. And I was, I thought I knew my shit. And, um, I'd actually had never printed anything on anything other than a single head carousel. And I walked in there and Al, this Kiwi guy, he was like, right, set this job up. And I was so nervous and I misprinted it. And he goes, you can't print. <laughs> so I was like, no, you're right. I can't. Um, but I ended up, you know, I stayed there for two years and I cleaned screens and I would sew the labels in and anything that they wanted, I did it. I was like, they're like, can you, do you have your license? I was like, yeah, I have my license. So I'd drive the shop van and I'd drive all around, um, you know, outside of London. I'd, I'd do deliveries. I'd stitch the labels in on the shirts. I did anything. I didn't care. And um, That's awesome. Man. So why yeah. London? How, how did you end up going to London? Um, I was sort of, 31 and I knew I needed to travel um, and London was kind of like, I just happened to, it was a place that I really desperately wanted to go to. So um, I left all my, I, I was actually a customs officer at the time. I worked, um, and when you come back overseas, if you had stuff that you, you're moving home um, and you bought your, like you bring your backpack back, but then you'd have to send all your other stuff back. I worked in the section called um, personal effects and private assessment and you would, you'd, bring your shipping notice in from um, from the courier company and I'd help you clear that stuff for customs and if you had to pay duty or GST. And then I helped people like first-time importers, so people importing cars or the weirdest thing was like a bull sperm and a bull bull semen. This guy was importing bull <laughs> semen for his like um, for his cattle ranch. And um, so I was doing that and I took 12 months leave without pay and I went over to London and, yeah, managed to get this job at PhotoFit and that's – that was all I wanted to do. I just wanted to work in a print shop. How long were you there? Two years. I had a visa for two years and um, I stayed there until I probably needed to come home. I was drinking a lot and partying a lot. And <laughs> so, um, but you know, photo fit kind of was like an apprenticeship um, for me. It taught me, it's kind of the foundation or the mud map for the shop, you know, like Stevie, he was the head printer. So when I kind of set this place up, you know, I've got Matt, um, the wizard and then they had Rob who was their art director so then you know we've got Joel who's sitting over here he's kind of our art director and had another printer which was James who's my other printer Ben and kind of like I kind of knew how to set the shop up and right. um, and you know so to from, go back to the sorry Andy from from day one you had employees and it wasn't just you no 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 oh no it was me a heat gun and that shitty little anchor um, carousel and um when I came back, I lived in Canberra for a while, trying to sort of recover from being in London. Uh, and then I saved up enough money and I moved to Melbourne 
and I lived down in Melbourne for 12, 18 months. And I was working in a print shop down there called um, Screenplay. And um, Andy's shop was amazing. He had two eight-color machines and um, kind of gave me a bit of sort of a bit more motivation to um, get my own shop. But my girlfriend, who I met in Melbourne, she lived in Sydney. And um, this is a bit of a long story, but she wanted no, cruise. <laughs> she wanted cruise uh, to go and sail the Greek islands, and her best friend couldn't go, and her mum couldn't go. But I was a boyfriend. She's like, "Do you want to come?" I'm like, "You can come with me." And I was like, "I'll come with you." But the only sort of um, deal is that when I when we come back, I'll come and live with you in um, I'll come and live with you in Sydney. So um, after the trip to Greece, I moved back up to Sydney, which is where I was living before I went to London, and. That this is where I, I started the shop. There's a government scheme here called NICE, and you basically get your unemployment benefits for 12 months, um, but you can start a small business. So that's how I that's how I started the shop, and um, I had that anchor carousel which had been I just left at mates' places, and a heat gun from a hardware store, and I would you know I used to make my screens in this vacuum bag. I had a vacuum, and you get a vacuum bag from like a two dollar shop, and you. You yep. suck the you suck the air out. I used to have like um, super punk rock way of doing it. Yeah, yeah, lubricant spray. So you'd wet the you'd wet the paper and you'd spray that. And then I had the vacuum in my um, my G Shock watch. It was like exposure time was like eight or nine minutes. So <laughs> I used to that's how I used to make my screens. And um, yeah, that's that that's how it was with me for oh, two years in an old in my first place, and then I moved in here. So you and, said um, there was a government scheme. So there yeah. was a there was a way you could get your benefits for a year. So it's sort of like a grant or something. Yeah, Is that what um, you mean, like a. Yeah. So you basically you get your unemployment benefits, and then oh, okay. um, and instead of to get the unemployment benefits every fortnight, you have to go and apply for a job. To, to this scheme, you basically you go and you do a ten week small business course, and then at the end of that. 10 weeks, you've written, a, you've written a business plan, which is then what you're then supposed to put into action. And every fortnight, instead of getting the doll money, you'd get your niece money and you could use that for whatever you wanted. And you could make the business, you could bring in as much money as you want and it didn't affect how That's much. fucking awesome. Yeah, Isn't it's that been cool? around for a really long time. It's actually been like, around for, I know so many people that have done it. That's super smart though, because it gets people off their ass. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. incentivizes, you know, starting a business. You know, it says, yeah, hey, that shit. It, 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 <laughs> it got me, um, it gave me the foundations to sort of set up the shop and, um, you know, set up how I was going to operate. Um, fortunately, I, I was sharing a space with two other dudes, Andy and Alex, and we, um, they were artists. So I had my little carousel on my desk. I could literally, you know, where the carousel was, I could touch my desk and, the, the place had two toilets, so I took one toilet and I um, used to have this um, plastic tub which I sat on the toilet and I'd cut a hole in the bottom and that was how I washed out my screens. And um, Yeah, it was... <laughs> it was Over it was a toilet? Very, very, yeah, so the water would go into the toilet. Um, uh, so <laughs> it was very... Um, I feel like was, in America we would um, say we're starting a business and get unemployment. And then yeah. I don't know, <laughs> what would you do with the money? You know, like I have yeah. a feeling that people would, would take advantage of that. But if it's, but, but also it's so fantastic. Like I would have definitely yeah. done that. I, I, it would have really helped. My first yeah. year was, uh, my first, our first three years was a, was a struggle, man. I mean, we, we put everything, we put too much on credit card. And because at first, uh, here in America, you can open a credit card and you can get six months, like 
interest-free, payment-free, this kind of thing. Yeah, well, but all of a sudden, that turns into to high payments. And, um, yeah, yeah. and also, that destroys your credit. So you can't go get a loan to pay off your credit cards. So yeah. it was, uh, it's kind of an endless... I basically cycle. just took it. I basically just took everything I had that I could sell and I sold it and I took that money and bought like a press and dryer. And then yeah. I just fucking hustled so hard to like get sales in. And then I basically just ate ramen for same here. Uh, what, what year, what, what point were for you anyway, did it start to turn enough where like you, it wasn't check to check. You know what I mean? Like you had everything paid for all your bills at what point for you, for me. Yeah. For you. Um, well, I mean, when I moved into this space, that was kind of like, I was like, all right, this is the, this is, this is a bit more real. Um, and I, I'm still like, funnily enough, off the back of COVID, um, I had to shut down for four weeks and we've been, there's a, I don't know if you know what our government's been giving us, but there's a, there's an amazing, it's actually pretty special. It's kind of, it's called JobKeeper. So for, I started in uh, April and it, the first round finishes at the end of September. So basically any full-time employee that you've had on the books for over a year or part-time employee, the government's given you $750 towards their wages. Um, per, per what week or for, for what? Per week. Wow. So it's, it's, it's epic essentially. And you've also had any income tax you've had to pay, which is the tax you collect that you have to pay on behalf of that staff member. They're basically giving you that back for free. So you don't have to pay income tax. So, um, it's been, it's been a pretty, as, as bad as COVID has been like now I don't owe anyone anything because of how I've been able to pay all my, um, accounts back. And I only Andy, ever had how to, do we, how do we move our shops to Australia? <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, really good for, um, so in here in America, there is a PPP. That's one of the things you could have gotten anyway, and that's a payroll protection program. Yeah. And, um, and so that covered for a certain amount of time uh, and they changed that along the way to, to longer, they extended it. Yeah. But, um, but for a certain amount of time that covers payroll. And the, the thing about that though, is, is that, um, that any forgiven amount, of that loan. So right now it's still just a loan for like for our shop, we haven't been forgiven any of it. We, we took the PPE and we haven't been any, forgiven it uh, yet. And any amount though, that's forgiven is uh, considered income. Oh, so wow. you pay tax. So you pay taxes on that, on that amount. And so essentially what's going to happen is it's going to cost. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's no, there's no benefit to the business owner. So it did work in that it, in that it um, kept people off unemployment. Hmm. But um, to the business, to the small business anyway, uh, it erased all benefit by the fact that it's merely, it's just, uh, you have to pay taxes on it. Yeah. And that's $750, the government takes its tax that you would have to pay as the staff member. So they get like $654 after tax. Um, if say for example, that, that covers like, might like, might like cover two and a half days of wages. I then as the business owner would pay the difference to, um, top up the staff member's salary. So, um, but if you're, say for example, if you're only working two days, um, and you would normally get like $450 irrespective of that, I have to still pay you the $654 that the government's paying me. So, um, for some instances, uh, for, for one of the staff guys, it's, it's, it's okay. Um, 
but it's just that benefit. Like it's, it's been going for six months. Um, they're about, they've announced round two and they're reducing the amount and mm-hmm. then hopefully we qualify again. Um, and that'll take, that'll take us to the end of January. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's been a pretty special thing. So to answer your question, like now is the first time I've ever been like debt free. I don't know any money for the equipment or anything like that. I've, I've always tried really hard to like, you talk about the experience with getting the credit card when you first open. I've had some pretty um, major, um, <laughs> major experiences with credit card and credit debt and to the point where I don't ever want it. <laughs> I'm, mm. I'm really, I'm really anti-credit. Um, and, you know, Dylan, you talk about at the end of every day or what it, week you buy all your stock and all that sort of stuff like that. That's what I do as well. Like as soon as I, I, I changed my terms of trade when we came back from COVID to be a hundred percent upfront. We used yeah. to be 50% and then 50%. We've been doing that for a really long time as far yeah, as the 100% it's, That's upfront. a game changer. Hey, that has been absolutely the best because I'm like, holy, I've got money now and the money's already yeah. in my bank. So it just gives me that um, right. uh, ability to just like pay everything straight up. You know, What um, if it's for somebody that works off of purchase orders though and they don't pay for 60 days? I mean, that's just their terms. Yeah, I exceptions I really for purchase it. orders? Or? <laughs> we don't really get many. I don't really get many purchase orders. I've got one account, which is uh, they still operate. I'm still letting them be 50% upfront and 50% um once it's finished that that's my biggest client. Like I'm okay with them, you know, um, you know, we've done over a hundred designs for those guys. So I'm, I'm more than happy to cover that yeah. one. I but just feel like it's, else. It's, it depends on what niche you're in. You know what I mean? Yeah, if, you're do, if you're doing a ton yeah, yeah. of like POs, then you're probably dealing with like schools and yeah. you know, big business stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's the same way with us. Like we'll only do it if it's somebody where I know I can fucking hunt them down. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. Think, like, you don't want to give it to a random dude, and then you never hear from him again. No, when I first started, because back in like was like eight or nine years ago, it was like thirty day terms. That was kind of what it was. And someone would say, I, I'd send a quote, and they'd approve the quote, and I'd be like, "Cool, I'll go and buy the shirts." And then I went here from them, and I'm like, I had no money, <laughs> you know. So I've spent money on these t-shirts for this dude, and I've never heard they've ghosted me essentially. So um, then I. Uh, the sort of the biggest change for me was 50% upfront. Once I did that, that just, that kind of give me the, that gave me the cash flow. Um, and obviously COVID's now why we do hundred percent. So any new client, I'm, I'm okay. If they don't want to pay, I'm like, you know what? That's cool. We're not your print shop. There's a lot of print shops, you know? Um, yeah. if you, if you don't want to, you don't want to do business with this, I'm, I'm okay with it. So, um, yeah, but it's good. Agree. It's a good thing. You know, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I'm, I'm at the point with, profit first. I've listened to the audio book to the point where he's like, do your self-assessment. And I've read the audio book and I'm like, I just got to get time to do the self-assessment. And um, yeah, no, I'm, about, I'm pretty much the same with you. I, I, I did the whole profit first thing as far as just like reading it because I wanted mm. it to me, it resonated because the same thing, like I used to be like, I didn't ever have really had a problem with money. I just was never like great with money. Mm-hmm. I'd be like that, you know, I see something shiny and I was like, Oh, I can get that. And then you end up like dipping into shit. You shouldn't. Um, but that like reading profit first, I didn't necessarily use their methods. I was just more like just the whole, like, you know, pay for everything up front, get it gone. And then everything yeah. you have left over is basically like yours to use. Yeah. So for me, that was the biggest thing. Yeah. 
yeah, no, definitely a game changer for us is that um, going to 100%. And, um, you know, as I said, if they don't, if my clients don't want to pay me, I'm okay. I'm yeah. like, we're not, we're not your print shop, you know. Yeah, yeah. We're not, so we're not going anywhere. We're not going to take your money and um, buy a Ferrari because it's not possible. So. Yeah. Well, I, I saw on Instagram a little while ago. Did you, did you guys partner with Gildan on like a design? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the kind of the foundation of what we do, and it kind of comes from working for PhotoFit. Um, I was like trying to always do really cool artist collaborations and working with the really amazing artists. That's kind of the first clients that I ever had. And so um, there's a guy that we print for, his name's Cindy Sin. He's an amazing artist, such is a really cool dude. And we probably print one of his designs a week um, from the different people he does artwork for. Right. And so uh, Gildan's, you, you guys have AS Color. I'm sure you're kind of yeah, we getting do. a bit of AS Color. Mm-hmm. AS Color, where that's our main T-shirt. That's our. That's what we use here. So, Gildan was doing really well, and then AS Color kind of came along and swooped in. And so I think um, Gildan's now um, realised that they kind of need to, or they've they've been doing all these cool artist collaborations. So that was what that was. It was like we printed it here in the shop with Cindy's artwork, and then they did a really cool online competition and. Um, yeah, it was really, I'm, I really like doing it. Um, main reason we don't, majority of our clients ask for AS Color. So that's kind of why we print a lot of AS Color t-shirts. But um, I've heard a lot of good things about AS Color. Uh, a guy called me and uh, sent a sample pack. And, yeah. uh, but I think, I don't remember there being any blends in there. It, was all, it seemed like it was all cotton. Pretty now, much, yeah. Are there blends? And also, how does that print? How do their shirts print? We, uh, we don't really print many blends here. The main t-shirt we print is the staple, which is the, that's their sort of entry level tee. Um, we love it. We print uh, last year, we did like 26,000 sort of of that t-shirt, um, lots of black. Um, mm-hmm. we, we don't really have a problem with it. Um, they've had a couple of issues recently with supply, but I think you guys have probably had that as well. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. but, um, yeah, we print, we print so many of those t-shirts um and yeah like i said they don't really do many blends they have these they do lots of sort of stripy shirts like like the where's wally red and white and black and white and they've got this big fat band and one coming out and, um, yeah i was really i was really impressed with their website and like the stuff that they carried like the hats and the bags and all yeah, that stuff like that yeah. that to me was really cool as far as shit that they have that it's not yeah. normal. Why do you find why, why don't you print blends was there something about your really no one really asks for them to be honest, but I, I don't really, um, promote them and I don't know. I don't really, we don't, we don't do many. Are you discharging or something too? Cotton doesn't no, shrink in Australia. What's that? Sorry. <laughs> <Cotton. laughs> no, um, we're pretty much exclusively plastisol. Um, that's pretty much our thing. I did a, I, this morning it, when it gets hot in our shop, it gets to about 104 Fahrenheit, I think, which is about, which is 40 degrees here. And so and we're in a tin shed. So, um, oh, no. you know, to be able to, um, walk away from the machine when it's too hot or whatever, that's pretty much why we use plastic. Salt. And again, it also goes back to photo fit. Like that's what they use. That's kind of what I've always used. Um, mm-hmm. we would really, I'd really like to start using the Magna, um, hybrid that's out of the UK. It's like a hybrid water-based thing. Um, yeah. but, yeah, I, we also don't really have access to many blends. We don't get there's, there's a there's one distributor for Bella Canvas here, and to get that you have to. It's like 
so expensive. <laughs> it's really expensive. And they don't carry, they don't hold the stock here. So um, a bunch of the distributors, instead of holding the stock in Australia, you basically pay for it and then they order it in, which is fine. But, um, you know, it adds, you know, three or four dollars to the. To you the need to call up some of your buds from the customs office and. Yeah, work, yeah, yeah. Work a deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> work, um, <laughs> get them in with all that bull semen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing I love about AS Color over here is they have retail stores. So we can, I can, if a client's like, um, hey, what's that t shirt look like? I'm like, just go to the retail store, just go and have a look. They've got the full range in there. You can have a look, you can try the color, you know, and I think that's been a really big thing for AS Color. It's made in here. Australia. No, no, it's, um, it's, a, it's a New Zealand company, um, but they manufacture in Bangladesh and China and all those sort of places. Um, but I've been, when they first landed in Australia, they were distributing AAA, uh, you know, the 31301, the, um, yeah. the all-style all apparel all T-shirt. Style, yeah. that, they, were, they were a distributor for that, so you could get that from them, and then they had like two or three T-shirts. Now Gildan owns them. Yeah, yeah. And now they gradually... Um, got rid of AAA and they, then they only have their, um, their own t-shirts. So, um, yeah. but the Gildan's getting, I mean, Gildan's big, massive over here. Like, you know, that obviously same for you guys. Yeah. yeah I have like and the seven labels. Are they, and so AS color, is that priced similar, like competitive mm, to Gildan or is it more? Uh, the kind of, from, from my account perspective, they're about the same. You know, uh, Gildan has that volume discount, which helps us. Um, but um, yeah, they're kind of pretty much the same, but we have a lot of people specifically asking for AS color. So that's kind yeah. of why, why we pretty no, much I've been, I've been trying it out too. I mean, I think me and Andy got a sample pack around the same time, but uh, yeah. I took it home, washed it. I got everything in my size and I really like it. I mean, yeah. to me, the biggest thing with any shirt when I get it is like the, the sleeves in the neck, mm. especially for me, I really hate like a really loose neck shirt and yeah. AS color is like nice and tight on the neck. Yeah. Um, so for me, that was really important and it was just like felt, had a good feel to it. So, uh, I'm excited to try it. The problem is for me is that it's in California, like their distros mm. in California. So anytime yeah. I want to sell it, I, I have to wait like five days to get it, Yeah, uh, yeah. which isn't a big deal, but it's just kind of like, you know, most of the time I'm ordering stuff from one of our wholesalers and I get it the next day. So to wait five days, is just kind of like, Oh yeah, well, it is what it is. There's a couple other, there's one, AS Color know what I'm about to say because I say it to them all the time. Um, I don't, you can't get a tear out tag in their t-shirt. Um, they're working on it. So if you need to tag, take the tag out, you have to get it unstitched and, and then sewn back up. And for me that, and it costs, obviously it costs money to do that. Um, and they don't make an extra small in the staple tee, which is the main t-shirt we print. So you have to get like their organic staple tee and that's kind of frustrating as well. So, um, but yeah, I would love, I came over to ISS like two years ago and I was just blown away by what you guys have access to. There's so much more. <laughs> you, went to, you went to Long Beach? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, not last year, the year before. And I was just like, I was like, you know, it was like my Disneyland. And, yeah. um, and I was just, you know, uh, you know, next, next level, is it? Went up to the Bella Canvas stand. I just, I was like, do you guys distribute in Australia? And she was like, the girl was kind of like, where's Australia? I was like, oh, that's <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to, you don't, they don't need to, you know, they don't need, you guys don't need to worry about us over here, you know, but um, like the Bella Canvas and next level, that's kind of, if they came over here and did it properly, you know, that would, 
that would be a bit of a shakeup for, for who we are, you know, and, and yeah. the, the T-shirt labels. But even just the equipment, you know, like the workhorse and all that sort of stuff, it was just, it was just amazing. <laughs> I was blown away. I can't wait to get back. I'm trying to figure out how – I'm obviously you can't go now, but um, yeah. I'm trying to figure out because I probably have to bring my family and, like, I'll go over first and go to this and then meet you guys at Di- I'll meet you guys at Disneyland. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Was that your first time in, in America? Yeah. No, not the Just first time in America. Ago. The first time to that event. Um, I've been to a couple of times, had my honeymoon at Coachella. So um, <laughs> which I really liked. And then prior to that, uh, my wife, Shaq and I, we also, we'd been to New York for a couple of weeks. I actually looked up your shop, Dylan. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go to, check out your shop. And I was like, Oh, it's not in New York. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I couldn't convince my wife, Shaq, my wife now, I couldn't convince her. Hey, let's go up and check out this print shop. Let's drive three hours North. Yeah. 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 She was yeah. like, no, I don't need to go and look at a screen print shop. So, um, yeah. But the thing is, is you could have drove up here and you would have been in the mountains and then, you know, yeah, good yeah. food. And yeah, sites. I don't know what your partners are like when you start talking about screen printing to other screen printers yeah, and they're not interested. Yeah. It's like, you, you know, there's kind of like that glazing. They just, she's like, no, oh, you're talking about screen printing again. Ah, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Shaq, Shaq's like when we to go back, Shaq's the main reason that I have the shop because even though I was on Nice, she was working this amazing job. She was working in TV and um, for uh, a Fox studios company actually. And, she was supporting us or me while I was working in the shop. But a couple of the biggest jobs I got was um, Channel V, which is a kind of like an MTV over here. She was the production manager. So she stopped getting the T-shirts being printed by the company that was, ever, that was doing it. And she sent, it the, she sent the business to me. So that were kind of like my first real jobs, you know, and I would get the order for a hundred t-shirts with my heat gun and my one head. And I'd spend a day printing these t-shirts and I'd get the money. And that's when I upgraded all the equipment and started buying bigger, like a, like a four head, four station carousel, which was, I thought, I thought I'd, you know, I thought I'd won the lottery. Isn't that, isn't that an amazing feeling when friends of friends or people that you, you became friends with and then they end up getting like a really good job or something in industry when, and then yeah. they send you an awesome job or they just send you work. That's just like, yeah, it's just that relieving feeling of like, I didn't have to do anything for this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you just got sent like a really good job by a friend just because they love you and trust you. It's mm. just like, ah, oh. happened just, yeah. uh, just two weeks ago. Good buddy of mine works for Honda and he needed some polos. And so it was for, for embroidery, not screen printing. Yeah. And turns out now we're doing Honda, you know, Amazing. So a lot. And it's, it's yeah. like, just works that way sometimes. Yeah. 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 It's that word of mouth for us. The word of mouth is, you know, it, it's hard to find us the spelling and all that stuff mm. I was talking about, but the word of mouth and the referral and that, um, you know, the customer service, you know, but I've listened to both of you guys talk and, you know, you have that, um, ingrained in both your companies that it's like, it's the customer service. That's what gets the people coming back. And from my perspective, that's, you know, I feel like that's my strongest kind of my strongest point. I'm definitely not the best printer, not compared to what these guys can do. And so, you know, wherever possible, if I can provide, you know, customer service, it's kind of like that, um, under promise over deliver thing, you know, you're just trying to like, 
you know, wherever possible, if I can do it, I'll absolutely do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it gets me in a lot of trouble because I take on work for people that I want to just do work for and try and help them out. And then, and, you know, it just puts a pressure point in the shop because we, you know, we don't have the capacity to do like a hundred teas quickly. It's like, it takes a little bit longer to, to get it into the pipeline. So yeah, that, that friend thing works both ways too. Cause I've had great accounts that I've lost because somebody leaves and then their, their friend, you know, does screen printing. And so it goes to the friend. So it works yeah. both ways, but yeah. it's better when yeah. it works my way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You mentioned in uh, you have that promo video. Um, and it kind of, something resonated with me is that you mentioned that, uh, things kind of went hard into faster, quicker, cheaper, and now it's like coming back around to being mm-hmm. more, uh, like customer service and stuff like that. And it's just yeah. funny you were talking about that. Cause I feel like I've talked about this quite a bit where it's kind of like, everybody's concerned with like the Amazons and like all these other things and like big business taking over. And it's kind of like, if you focus on the customer service, and just like taking care of people, there's always going to be those artists that want to work with you rather than going to like a big box yeah, kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome to have that mindset. Yeah. I think that like, you know, one of our hashtags is always handprint. And I think that just that little, that's now the point of difference that we have. Cause there was a couple of shops that were sort of, we were all handprint shops and we're all sort of, you know, doing the same thing and, you know, doing all this sort of stuff, those shops have now upgraded and they've all got autos. So they've kind of pushed themselves up into that place where they have to maybe are competing for jobs. And we're definitely not the cheapest shop. And I think the, the point of difference we have now is that we are a bigger shop that can produce, you know, I think the stuff that we do is, is fantastic, you know. Um, and that just that handprint is that, it's that little point of difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It takes us a little bit longer or a little bit more expensive but the, the product at the end, it's worth it. And I think that's kind of that, um, that's now the, the sort of point of difference. And I think, you know, everyone can have the same gear. And I always think about, you know, if everyone give everyone the same, a guitar, everyone's going to play it differently, you know, yeah, and that's exactly. where you guys, yeah. I mean, you guys are, um, you know, you're in the same market, but you're in different spaces and you have the same equipment, but you're producing completely different things, you yeah. know, and There's that's just a million where, variables. Oh, hundreds. Hundred, yeah. Yeah. yeah so many and that's where our um you know our point of difference is with the the hand printing of the tees and um like don't get me wrong i like the idea of sort of making money (laughs) like it's not it's not something that i don't dislike but i think there's just different versions of it you know and um yeah yeah i think for us like the whole like going auto thing was just more of like a stress relief or like quality of life for the employees because yeah it gets to the point where like, yeah, your word of mouth is good and your customer service is good, but then you end up getting so much work that if you don't go auto or you don't get other efficiencies in, you're going to work till midnight every single night. Mm. Like if you keep taking on those work, the jobs and keep taking work, like you're just going to end up working later and later and your, your people are going to get burnt out. Yeah. So for us, it was like, we have to get an auto. Like we ended up with like four manuals at one point yeah. and a few dryers before we got an auto. And then it was like, we were working until nine o'clock at night, every night. But if you're, and it was like, yeah. And it was like, if you get an auto, it's like, okay, cool. Like now we can work, you know, 
more efficiently and we're done by like four thirty, five o'clock every day until then it, until, until you get to the good. point where getting yeah you're doing more and more now and then you're like shit now i need another auto it's exactly what happened to us what, yeah and that's the same thing it's like we worked that auto until again we were working nine ten o'clock at night or working on weekends to keep up and then it's like all right you need another auto now so it's not necessarily we went auto to be like let's do this faster so we can make more profit it's like let's do it to where we can do everything that's coming in fast and efficiently and quality still. <laughs> Did you hear that? What was no. that? Oh, it's Ben. He's asking me, how's the podcast going? I'm like, oh. dude, I'm right in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All of that. I'd take all of that. And, um, it's just, the, you know, for me, it's, I just got to get over it. <laughs> I think yeah. I just literally need to get over it. I'll tell you what, um, on a lunch break, just swing by and uh, come run one of our autos yeah. with, with, with us and see what you think. I, I would love it. I think I would actually really like it because it's mesmerizing, you know, like the whole up and down. We did a job. Uh, um, there's a guy that we print for. His name's Scott Marsh. He's an amazing Australian artist and he did this mural and it was uh, the prime minister. Um, I don't know if you know much about our, I was going to, I was going to ask you about this, the Mary crisis thing. Yeah. 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 Holy moly. That effed me up. (laughs) Tell me that whole story. What happened? Well, he he painted this mural and when all the bush, when all the wildfires or bushfires was happening in January, the prime minister went to Hawaii for a holiday right in the middle of it. And you know, everything was burning. Like it was the biggest fire that Australia had ever seen. And so Scott's amazing. He's got this amazing skill to take a, a topic and turn it into something political. And so he painted this mural of, um, uh, sorry, there's a courier, uh, hang on mate. Oh, it's in the corner underneath that box. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so he painted this mural of the, uh, the prime minister in Hawaiian shirt holding a daiquiri and it was like boxing day or the, like the 24th of, um, the 24th of December. And Scott rang me. He's like, Oh, Hey man, like I want to turn this into a t-shirt and donate the, donate the profit. And I was like, cool, man, no problems. He's like, can you help me out? I was like, I can help you out, but we can't, I can't cover the cost of the t-shirt. And he's like, no worries. Anyway, it went up. The next day he's like, Oh, we've done 700 pre-sales. I was like, yeah, we can handle that. Like, that's fine. And then he's like, it's at a thousand. I was like, okay, that's a lot, you know? And then it got to the point where it was like two and a half thousand T's. And I was like, Holy shit, I'm screwed. And, um, <laughs> like proper, cause obviously we were coming back and we were only on like one of my guys was going to be away and Matt, um, he was going to be there and we just like, we had no chance. And, um, fortunately Pam who owns T1, she rang me up. She's like, how are you going? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a bit of pressure. And my wife Shaq's like, you've got to tell him you can't do any more. I'm like, I can't tell him that. I can't yeah. tell him we can't do any more. And, um, that's when, you know, Pam amazingly, she donated, um, all of the printing and about being like two and a half thousand T's and she donated all of the, um, the printing, it raised over a hundred thousand dollars and Scott donated all of that money to different, um, district fire, like bushfire stations. It was fantastic, you know, and, um, got heaps it's of really coverage awesome. and yeah, it was such a cool project to be part of. Um, but yeah, if Pam hadn't have come on board, <laughs> I had, I was writing a list of all of the different print shops I was going to hit up. And I remember there was this one shop, he comes like, Oh, good luck printing that by hand. I was like, dude, you're on my list. So like, I'm going to hit you up. <laughs> how many, how many days would it take you to print that order? Like- uh, well, it was a process print. So, um, we kind of work on an average of a hundred an hour, which is black ink on white. hundred so- an hour on each press. 
Uh, that's that's a blacking. That's blacking on white on a single color. So um, I don't know, a couple of weeks. Mm. Um, they then were folded and bagged, and then Scott did the shipping, um, and he shipped them all around the world. So, yeah, as I said, he made over $100,000, like donated over $100,000 for it, and then he did a second print, which was another 1,000 Ts. So, um, yeah, it was amazing. It was an amazing thing to be part of. But, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's kind of that power of the print shop. It's just like people want to wear it on a T-shirt. And I we, had, it. we had – it wasn't at all similar as far as like – that many tees but we had we had something once where i think it was a couple hundred tees and it was like end of the day and we had to get them done by like the next day and we had the manual where we could we could actually do all heads down mm. so we had i think i think we had four or five guys on one manual uh just going like one guy would load the next guy would pull the screen down and print the next guy would like you know flash or whatever and then the next one would like print the next color and we had to like all be in sync so that like when they spun, it was like actually ready. So like each guy had to pull the screen out at the same time and print and then pick it up. Um, but it definitely was way faster, but it's, it's just, when you get to that point, it's like, I think that literally like that was the point where we were like, fuck, like we have to get an auto at this point. Cause yeah. this is stupid. Like we have like four people on one fucking manual, yeah. uh, printing this job. And it was kind of like, all right, we got, we got to do this leap. I have a story that's kind of like that. We have a, there was a fire, but it was at a, it was at a hospital and it was the largest hospital here in St. Louis. And they, everybody like did a great job. They evacuated and all this kind of stuff. So the, the, the CEO or the president of the hospital says, I want to get a t-shirt for everybody. And I think it was around 3000 and they wanted it the next day. And it was on a manual press. And we had, um, back then I was in, this was in my, when I was in my garage. And so we got the shirts and it was late (laughs) afternoon (laughs) and I went and I knocked on my neighbor's door and I'm like, Hey, can you help me like print all night long this thing? Cause they need them in the morning. And he's like, he's like, okay. And so we just went at it. And, um, and I, with, I, it was around like, all of a sudden the light started getting light out and we had, I don't know, maybe a few hundred left to go. And I just couldn't, we just couldn't do any more. So we just literally just collapsed. Like we just laid down on the ground there and just slept for like an hour or whatever, woke up, finished them. I, and I still have that screen. It was a, it's a wooden, back then I was using wooden screens. Oh, wow. I still have, and it was tiny. Like it wasn't an auto screen. It's like I don't know, 18 by 20 or something like yeah. that. And so, um, yeah. Did you have an oven? You had an oven but to push them through, right? We did. I had a dr- electric, I had a 24 wide, 11 foot long. It was called, it was made by national. I think they were out of Kansas or something like that. And all it was though, that dryer was like three flashes in a row. On, oh, cool. On, on a, I think um, that's what the ones are, the mini blue mm-hmm. ones are. I think that's actually the, radicu- or the, yeah, the, yeah, the three IR panels, panels in a row. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It works. Yeah. You know, it was great. I like when I remember the day I got that, I was curing before I got that 2411, I was curing shirts with my flash, you Same. know? And so that's my pallets were like a million degrees. I can never cool them down. And it was so slow. And so all of a sudden I got this, this dryer and I started sending shirts down and I went to the other end and I just couldn't, it was like magic. You know, yeah. I, I would hold up the shirts and I just couldn't, or they can drop in a box. It was just like the best. So I used to, I used to load, uh, I used to pretend that I had an oven. I'd be like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'd take the shirt off and I'd just do that step, you know, that sort of step motion. Mm. I'd be like, Oh, that's what that feels like. And when I, the first oven I bought, <laughs> I know it's so stupid. Mm. Hey, the first oven I bought here, mm. I bought on eBay for $3,000 and it was in, it was in Melbourne. 
Um, and I had to get it shipped up and I was so excited. I ended up storing it in two different places until I could bring it into here. And I finally got it in here and I had this big job all lined up to do and I plugged it in and I turned it on and the belt just ripped. (laughs) And I was just like, shit, I can't do the job. And then what I realized once I got the belt fixed, um, was it the thermostat was ceramic, um, uh, elements or anyway, the thermostat was too high. So it just, I just burnt so many mm. shirts and, um, yeah, we used to keep the place warm. It was, it was so badly insulated that you could put your frozen food on it, um, in the morning and it would be defrosted in time for lunch to put in the microwave and it, it kept us nice and warm. It's now a desk. The guy that Donovan, the guy that I um, bought the equipment off, he now yeah. took the top off and uses it uh, as a workbench. In, in yeah. Room. That first oven I had exhausted into my garage, like not. Yeah. We, I didn't even have an exhaust. Like it, out. It's just exhausted <laughs> into the garage. We did that too. Literally. <laughs> yeah. We did that too. Yeah. yeah. I'm still alive somehow. Yeah. So. Yeah, same here. Yeah. yeah. The best part is when the room is so full of like smoke and you you duck down and you can actually see the dividing <laughs> of like yeah. clean fresh air to like mm. smoke rising. Yeah, we had a with that oven we used to have cuz sometimes it would um cut out. So we had like this long hook so we could pull the shirts out in case they caught on fire. And we also, uh, you know, when the plastic saw gets too hot and it sticks together, yeah. we had like, oh man, we had so many of those. Um, <laughs> it was so bad. So bad. I have no issues with that oven going. <laughs> yeah. There's some, uh, there's some listener questions. Oh, really? Great. Yeah. We got a few, Dylan. You want to? Yeah. You go ahead. Uh, well, the first one is from Windmill City Screen Printing, who I actually almost visited once, but I was in Palm Springs earlier this year. Oh, cool. And they had, a, they had a tent or a booth set up. And every Thursday in Palm Springs, there's a, there's a festival. And so those guys were there. Um, and they ask, I assume it gets hot in Australia. How do you keep the shop cool enough for printing? We don't. <laughs> We've got two fans. We have a therm- we have a thermostat that sits in the uh, next to where Matt prints, and if it gets to forty, they stop, basically, which is one hundred and four, one hundred and three. Um, we've got a couple of like portable fans that sort of ones on the floor, and then one sits down. But we've got this big shutter that we can open, and a back door, which is kind of like a loading dock. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of where it is. And, what you know, season just- is it uh, right now? What season is it for you? Uh, spring. So, um, yeah, so in my office now it's 24 degrees. I don't know what that is, but today it's going to be 31. So, which means it's going to be about 36 in there. So probably about 90 Fahrenheit. Hmm. Um, but the goal is to have a temperature controlled, the next space, the next warehouse or whatever, whatever it looks like is to have a temperature controlled, um, um, space so we can air conditioning. I don't know. I don't want, I don't want them to get too comfortable. But so do you start in the, like early in the mornings and then knock off, yeah. at, you know, at two or three or whatever, when it gets, we, warm? uh, we start at seven thirty and we finish at four. So, um, that's kind of gives us that, um, early morning start. And then the way we work from Monday to Thursday, it's seven thirty to four. And then we work under a, uh, an employment award, which is 38 hours. So on Fridays, they have a short day so they can, um, go and do their banking or go to the dentist or whatever it is. Um, and that's kind of how it works. Um, and then yeah, anything over that's over time, but, um, we just try and, I don't know, there's a water fountain and I buy icy poles or just when it gets really hot, I'm just like, just stop. I don't mind. We have extra breaks and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, but yeah, it gets really hot. 
and that's that's the whole thing with Plastisol. We can't print with water-based when it gets too hot. Um, when we print posters, we print posters with water-based ink, and it's kind of like, what's the temperature going to be tomorrow? <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Uh, well, the second question comes from Simple Cusack, and he asks, will IL-6 ever reprint the green shop tees with the orange print on them? Oh yeah, sure. We can do that. That's artwork that Joel made and it's the van out the front and that's a, that's a discharge orange on green. We only like, you know, the whole reason you do shop shirts is so you guys have stuff to wear essentially. Um, that's kind of, yeah, we can do it. Should we do a (laughs) pre-order? Yeah. 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 You, you use uh, online stores of some, like some sort, I guess. We use Printavo. That's our main thing. Um, but there's a couple of, I have a couple of problems with that in that we don't have access to all of it. So we don't have access to the, um, merch app, which when all of the COVID hit, I was like, I need that. I want it <laughs> so desperately. Um, because what is it's, extra, like, it's like an extra fee or something. Yeah. Monthly? It's, it's an extra fee, but with that merch, it's got a plugin for courier. So they're, they're basically their line on that is it doesn't, we don't have a courier company in Australia that we can plug it into. Oh. So, oh. so I was like going to VPN it and go around the back. But um, every time they ask me for feedback, that's, that's at the top of my list. Hmm. Um, but yeah, predominantly it's Printavo. That's what we use for all that sort of stuff. Our website's Squarespace, but I'm actually, because I can't get access to the merch part of Printavo, I'm in the process of switching over to Shopify because there's hmm. heaps of so much more functionality for that. And, um, that'll give me access to making the shops for everyone. We don't, I mean, with the online store we have is kind of like, we'll print something, we'll put it up for maybe a little while. Um, and then we just make it sold out. I don't really like selling stuff. That's the shops. I kind of like would much rather give you something. And if you come into the store, it's very rare for you to not leave here without at least a sticker or a t-shirt or a hat. And, um, I actually tried to buy some of your merch, Dylan, but you don't have a web shop. Um, and I kind of yeah, like if right. I can give you something and you can wear it, like I'd much rather you represent me. You that give way. me uh you give me your address when this is over and you'll get sure. a fucking shitload. So sounds great. I'll, Same I'll here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that's I mean for me the shop shirt is kind of like we've got one coming up with this guy called Splegs and um uh it's like it's gonna be amazing, but you know, that's kind of what they all are, like their collaborations, the artists I yeah. like. We just did the last one was with a guy called Steve Yoyeda. He's fantastic. And um the, <laughs> you probably won't like it, but it's uh the the, the concept behind it, it's a cyclops and he's got this war, he's got this pack of wolves and he's got his big sword and he hunts screen printers that use autos at night and he chops their hands <laughs> off and he wears them around his neck. That's 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 and he feeds the body. Why wolves. wouldn't we like that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, that was kind of like the concept of that, you know? And so we sort of just always try and, um, you know, another great one is this amazing artist called Plano who we absolutely love printing his artwork. And that one's a bat sitting on a skull and it's eating its brain. And, you know, we sort of, yeah, we don't, I don't know. The online store thing is, I also don't like competing against our clients. Not that we would ever be in that same market, but I'm kind of like, um, I don't want to be that thing, you know, like, we never also have time and we're always printing for people. So, so you, you talked about things coming back full circle. And for me anyway, when I retire, which is really soon, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go, I'm going to walk away uh, from this and we're going to go somewhere, um, probably by an ocean somewhere. And I'm going to get a manual mm-hmm. and that's it. And I'm going to print whatever, wherever we are, whatever resort town we're at. I'm just going to, it's going to be one <laughs> color. It's just going to say the name of the resort town. And then yep. boom, 
And uh, I'll I'll be like, like I'll be, you know, as people walk by and they see that they'll see me in the store and I'll just, and they'll have all their different choices or whatever you want. And I'll just have maybe like a, do they make like 10 color manuals or whatever, 12 color. So I'll have all those screens up on there and they can choose and I'll just spin it around or whatever one they want. Boom. 20 uh, so you actually say you'll live print you're gonna be <laughs> that guy you're gonna be yeah. that guy on the beach pedaling stuff yeah, yeah. that's yeah. how uh casper that's how uh cotton uh company cotton factory started right with that pedal yeah. bike uh it's funny this isn't really related but my uh my brother-in-law went to spain and he said that him and his wife were on the beach and there was this guy that came up that was like you know being all from Spain or whatever. He's like, Oh, you guys want cervezas, Coca-Cola. He's like acting like he was like on the beach and stuff. And then he came up closer. He's like, you guys want some weed? It was like, <laughs> his like total accent was like a hundred percent fake. Cause he was just like trying to sell to people. It was yeah. just funny. Cause he just, as soon as he mentioned weed, he was like, totally like, Hey, you guys want some weed? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll also sell weed too out of that store. Right. So yeah, yeah. It'll, be, it'll be, it'll work out. That was a given. We knew that before you said that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not, it's not, um, weed's not quite legal here. I mean, it's in Canberra, which is the capital you can, it's legal, but, um, in, in New South Wales or Sydney where we are, it's not. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we're working on it too. I feel like a lot of States are getting it. Mm. Yeah. We're, but Australia's traditionally crap with shit like that. We will, um, you know, we've got the brightest sun. You know, we're, we're in the process of putting in more coal stations for power and we don't, we can't do anything really very productively. You know, even uh, they put uh, internet into, they basically put internet everywhere in Australia and the technology they used was like 10 years ago. So they're basically going to have to start all over again. So it's, it's, pretty, it's, it's pretty amazing how, um, how hard it is to do stuff here. It's the same year, so you're not alone. Yeah. So, what's the state, Andy? You're gonna? Is it Florida? Is that where you're gonna be? Um, hmm. Well, I don't know. I'm thinking the Southwest now. I just fell in love with it. What, uh, what's that? Sorry. Arizona. You know, uh, New Mexico, Arizona. Oh, cool. Like what are you doing, Dylan? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> you screwing in a light bulb, maybe? <laughs> I was screwing in the lid to my water bottle. Oh. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. We went to uh, ThreadX, and we went to Phoenix. And we went to um, Sedona and all that down there. So mm. I know that's not by an ocean, but uh, we love that. And also I love Colorado and Florida. Yeah, too. I'll do Florida. I don't yeah. know about in the summer though. So we'll have to, to go somewhere else. We'll go to upstate New York in the summer where it's, where it's more chill. 75, yeah. 80 degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm currently working um, subtly on my wife so that we can get to the point where we can rent a, um, a camper van and drive from one side of the States to the other. That's kind of like my, my ultimate family goal. I want to do that I too. I don't yeah. know when it'll I feel like happen. every, everybody does. Everybody wants to do that mm-hmm. at some point. I just talked yeah, this morning to somebody about that. Yeah. We're going to do practice runs in New Zealand, which is kind of Australia's biggest. I oh, actually, I can't say that. <laughs> I won't say that, but yeah, that's, that's, you know, it's very close, similar in style to what Australia is over here, but way cooler. Like their prime minister's way nicer and, People are generally friendlier, so we'll make one of your stops, St. Louis. Sure, yeah. Bye, and we'll we'll have a beer. Yes. I have a buddy. I have a buddy who has a shop in Australia, uh, Black Dog Inc. And uh, you know, I, I watched your to, podcast, eh, with him. Yeah, 
well, one of the things I asked him that I want to ask you is that like every here in the States, anytime they make a world's danger, most deadliest or dangerous creatures, they're all from fucking Australia. Mm -hmm. Do you have any instances where you came in contact with one of these crazy creatures? Like giant uh, spiders or fucking snakes or anything crazy? Oh, definitely uh, huntsmen. They're, they're just, they don't do anything. My wife, Shaq, she, she doesn't like spiders at all. I've got this thing. I bought it from the States. It's a bug catcher and you kind of hold the handle and it opens up and you can put it over the spider and then you can pick it up. Um, that's kind of as close <laughs> as it's got <laughs> to us. But um, you're so there's so many bad animals over here that can hurt you, especially up north in, in Queensland, um, which is, you know, yeah, that's kind of where we're going to retire to, I think. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, up there and, on and a farm. Catching <laughs> yeah, there's heaps, but you're so it's so. I got some um, some of my best friends. They live in um, Collingwood in Canada, and every time I talk to them, Sharon's like, "We're not coming. It's so 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 dangerous." I'm like, "We live in a city, Shazza. Like, it's not. <laughs> it's not. They're not going to get you." <laughs> why clean yeah. Queensland? Why would you? Why do you want to try, retire there? Uh, it is definitely, um, it's warmer and where we would aim to be is kind of like, it's called the hinterland bar and bay. Mm. And it's kind of like, um, lots of rainforest and it's got a, it's got not really nice beaches and it's, um, yeah, it's just really, it's really chill. It's kind of a bit, um, a bit hippie ish. Um, I want to learn to surf, but, um, I'm not very good at swimming. So I think I need to work on that. But we also, some of our best friends live up there. So um, that would be why we'd, we'd head up there, but that's not, that's not going to happen in the immediate future. Um, I always kind of kick myself and I think I own my own business and employ people and, you know, we print some of the stuff we print for. And so, you know, um, I don't, I'm not sure how I would ever give it up. <laughs> to be honest, that's kind of like my first child. Yeah, that's my fear is to just to sell it and then go retire, mm. and then be a year in, you know, and then miss the action. I mean, because it's it's nonstop action, you know, and so it's never boring. So no, I, I it's the know. most I've ever worked. You know, like I don't ever. Um, even now with COVID, I don't work so much in the shop because I've kind of committed to. Well, I really realized that I need to spend more time at home. Um, with my family sort of um, and so that's actually been a really beautiful thing that's come off the back of it but I'm working more at night once my kids go to sleep but um, yeah it's it's a it's so much work <laughs> it's so you much go back work. you go back to the shop you mean you live close to the shop and so you'll go back uh, so I, I work like a couple of full days and then a couple of half days but once my children go to bed about 7 p.m. I, I log back on and that's when I sort of mm. am my most productive. So I do like sort of every night, five or six hours sort of admin or email or, you know, that sort of stuff to try and um, keep the momentum going. Mm. Um, and it's really, it's kind of, I don't, I usually always, there's always noise in here or there's always music or something going on. So at night at home in my little office, so I just um, don't listen to anything or might be like a, a podcast that you guys have done or something like that. And cause our funny. voices are so soothing. <laughs> yeah. Very, very calm. Actually it was funny cause I was starting to listen to this just the, on Spotify and I was like, I feel like that. I feel like they're actually having a conversation that I could watch. And then um, when I watch it on YouTube, I don't get anything done. <laughs> so, yeah. um, We've yeah. had this debate. We've had this debate where it's like, do we do videos and all this other stuff? And I told him, I was like, dude, I have people who hit me up that are like, 
I only listen to it or I only watch it. It's not mm. like back and forth. So there's definitely those people who only watch it. And it's like, we have to keep doing it for those people. Like, I don't want to fuck those people over and just not make a video once. And they're just like, well, now I can't see it because I don't want to listen to it. Yeah. So. I, I like watching it, but I just have to like, I, if I'm going to watch it, I actually have to just watch it. I can't do both things. So yeah, that's <laughs> no, really good. Yeah. Um, there's two things I want to ask you before we're done. Uh, one, we have to ask the Inksoft question. The Inksoft sponsor question is, do you push or pull and why? Uh, we pull and we only pull here because, or so I pull, the guys pull, but sometimes they push and that's just for the registration. That That's, that's their, yeah. that's the, um, the skill set. And, you know, when I started the shop, I essentially, if I can't, if I couldn't do it at the level I wanted to do it, I tried my best to find the best possible people um, to do it. And that's kind of, that's where Matt, Matt, when Matt started here, he, he changed the whole business. The first day he was, we were printing hoodies and he's like, do you guys have any hot tack? As you know, I was like hot, uh, super strong sort of spray glue. And I was like, hot tack, what's hot tack? And then every day for like so many days, Matt's like, oh, have you got this? Do you have this? Cause he's come from a big shop. And I was like, what are you talking about, dude? And yeah. you know, Matt, like I, you know, he's my, he's my LeBron James. If I was to give him, you know, um, that's his impact was immediate and our quality just changed in a massive way. And then, you know, Joel, our art director, he's, we have the same barber and, um, Tommy was like, Oh, I've got this guy. And he was like doing some artwork for us. And I was like, who's this guy you're talking about? And it turned out that Joel, um, was a, the head art guy for this massive sort of merch shop. And I was like, Joel, can you please come and work for us? And, um, you know, and then we got Ben who had worked in the same shop as uh, Matt and, um, yeah, they, they're all just, they just so changed the whole thing. You're basically just stealing people. Yeah. Well, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm guilty. I, I've done that a little bit of that too. I wouldn't say stolen, but you know, we're, it's a great place to work. We have a coffee machine. We, you know, <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I just, you know, like, I remember there was a time and I was like, Oh, this is the, I'm not actually doing any printing, you know? And, and I'm, I used like, I love printing. I love the starting out with something and then looking on the other side and that's something you finished. And I loved, I, I love it when I see something that someone's wearing and they're walking down the street, you know, cause they've made that conscious decision. They love the print. Yeah. That's the like the ultimate for yeah. any printer. That's the ultimate. Yeah. Or seeing it in a store. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the ultimate yeah. pat on the back. Yeah. So you have yeah. two, you have two printers, one, yep. uh, one designer, right? Yep. Yourself and who, yep. who else? How many people? Uh, we've got Jake. Then we've got Jacob. Who's kind of our, um, he's our screen tech production manager. Um, like reclaim also. Sort of, yeah. Uh, we have another guy, Benny, uh, Ben too. He does a bit of reclaim. <laughs> so he works a couple of days a week. Um, um, but yeah, it was, you know, when I got those guys, the whole business changed, you know, we're able to do multiple things. And because we also print posters, which uh, full disclosure, we use a, um, a semi-auto clamshell for that. It's about 40 years old. Um, that's an exclusive, by the way, no one knows we do that, but, um, that's been, that's how we're doing posters. So I can see the value in using a semi-auto because it's so much better, <laughs> but, um, yeah, Jacob's been with us for over a year now and he's, sort of moving from being the screen sort of production person. He's learning how to use the, um, the, the CS machine with the view to him 
taking that on and that, that, that becomes his job. So, so my next, my next question is, and I've been trying to do this in every podcast cause I feel like so many people hit us up in our uh, DMS about um, things they heard in the podcast. That was kind of like a little tip or a trick. That's just like something that's like super, like each printer has their own like way that they did something that's not like by the book. Mm. Do you have anything that's like that where like you use a certain product or you found this out and you're like, you know, this is a, this is a keeper. I think an aha, an, an aha moment for me was when I realized that if you, and this is so simple, but you, you draw a center line down your platen and you have the center line in your artwork and that's how you get the artwork centered uh, when you're printing and that, that's kind of like root fundamental screen printing. Yeah. That's something that came back from photo fit. And I was just like, Holy shit. That's so simple. <laughs> so, yeah. so simple. Cause you know, you'd be measuring each side of the board. Um, that's, I don't know. Is that, does that answer your question? Because for me, that's kind of, yeah, that, that's one. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't know if you had anything. Yeah, that's one. I used to do the same, similar thing. Like, or before that anyway, is I would print my first, let's say there was a four color job and then black was one of your colors. I'd print out black on the, on the palette and then line the three screens to the, to that print. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. I never, I didn't use reg, reg marks. Uh, initially when I first started, I didn't even know what they were. So I would just yeah. print the print, the darkest print and then take the other screens and line them to that. <laughs> yeah. I used to do that as well, but Matt, he was like, no, that's not how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt's irrespective of what the job is, he, every time he starts exactly the same way and the result is, you know, his, his results stand, you know, show them what they're good. He's good at what yeah. he does. It, in respects to kind of what you were saying, one thing that we did when we first started out was we were always doing registration marks, but we were just doing two at the top. Um, and then we, obviously like the first color would have center lines. Mm. Um, but what we started doing maybe a couple years in when we were still using film is we would do two at the top and then one on the bottom, right? So oh. that like, even, even though you line the two on the top up, like the film might be slightly warped or something on the bottom. Cause you would always have that issue of like it being slightly out of registration on the bottom only or something. You'd be like, what the fuck? Mm. Um, but it, adding that third registration mark on the bottom on the one side was just kind of like that double check yourself to make sure that like the whole image is going to be in and not just why, like the top. Why would it be on one side and just not the center? I don't know. We've always just done them in the top corners hmm. instead of in the center. I think it's just the same thing. Cause like film film has a tendency to warp, especially if your film guys just printing like a bunch of films, like one right after another, or if you're that shop that tries to gang a bunch of films up on one roll rather than like, you know, this design, cut it, print it, whatever. Um, I was guilty of that when I was doing them as I would be like, Oh, I've got a bunch of little designs. I'll do like a 30 inch print on the roll. And I would just like put them where I could put them to save film. But the problem is, is you end up the, the film ends up warping once you get out like a certain amount out. Cause yeah. like the weight of the film's kind of like stretching or pulling. Um, so What's we noticed artwork? if it's multiple color, the artwork, like the two artworks have to be in the same direction because of the right. print head. Um, yeah. yeah. So that, I mean, that if right I had there a choice, is it. Yeah. Yeah. If I had a choice, I would totally like, you know, this whole automating the shop, I'd absolutely get the director screen and yeah. the Unicode. That, that would be <laughs> like straight away. Those would be the two things. Um, but you, we also make screens for a couple of um, gold glass sign writers and sign painters here and sometimes we you know our vacuum frame 
is probably a meter and a half long. So we actually can have, we have screens that are huge. Um, so, um, even if we were to move that part of the business to um, direct a screen, I'd still need to keep the vacuum frame and the film printer because yeah. that, that, that's what we do as a service. So, yeah. Like, especially when you go direct a screen, like there's a, there's a thing called a pusher frame. So you need a pusher frame for each screen size you have. Oh, okay. So, is that, so even is that what it sits in? Yeah. So it sits in like that pusher frame or whatever. So if you're, you're using 2024s, 2336 or yeah, 2331s and then 2536s, you need three pusher frames for all of those screens. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So if you have, you know, big screens for sign printers and all this other stuff, you're going to have to do it the old way. Um, yeah, unless you buy a pusher the frame vacuum, the vacuum frame and the spray. The right. Spray glue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A blanket, uh, vacuum bag. Yeah, well, ours well, is huge. It's so big. I got it off this dude. He was like, I don't want this anymore. I was like, I'll come and get it off you. Yeah, yeah. One cool thing about this new um, 3140 LED is that it has the option for both. So there's yeah, I saw vac that. came with vacuum, has uh, two clips here, you know, if you wanted to use film with glass, right? And so you come down, so you put your film down and then, then close the lid. And, the, and if you want, uh, if you don't want to use the vacuum or glass, which, which we don't, you just, they, they stay clipped and then there's a center like uh, clip and it just opens up and then there's the tray. There's actually two trays. So you can wow. burn, you can uh, expose two at once. That's crazy. So what do you do with your spare equipment, Andy? You just, do they take it back off you or do you just put it on Craigslist? Is that, is that how it works? Um, well, I don't have, right now we don't have any spare equipment or like, are you, so when we sold the heat waves, we just sold them. Yeah. Like when we, oh, we I mean, so sprint. Yeah. You you're put talking your, about your exposure, exposure unit. unit. Oh yeah. Exposure unit. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to keep the starlight or keep, you know, the, the 3140, um, uh, haven't decided yet. They're close. I think, Right now, the 3140s edging out the starlight. It's yeah. uh, it's pretty close though. A bit more flexibility. Mm -hmm. Some yeah. of those and new features. Some new features that also has the latitude we're looking for. It burn it, it exposes slower, so we're at around four seconds on our starlight, which is doesn't even make sense. And our uh, we're I think we our step test showed us yesterday that we're at 22 on the uh, yeah. same emulsion, same emulsion, same EOM, same everything. 22 seconds on the, on the 3140, which is, which is awesome that it will be able to control things a little better. Yeah. I think we're at about five and a half minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you're using what's the your, sun. What's your light sort? What are you using? What's your light? Uh, it's, um, it's just 2000 watt, you know, the things that open up. I don't even know. Like a, it's like a shutter. Like a, yeah, so it's yeah, always yeah. on. It's like, you, it's always on. It's always you, on. And then you open it up and it's sort of, it's got the heat on the glass. Uh, what kind of, what kind of, is it a blue light though? Like a metal yeah, halide? A or? blue light. Yeah. Okay. Metal halide. So we've got like the welding curtains to stop the UV light sort of giving everyone free suntans. <laughs> and, um, um, but we don't have any safety lights or anything. We don't, we've never, I've never had that space. So, you know, I, when I moved to the next shop, I've kind of got like this, this wish list of the ultimate sort of stuff, um, to sort of help us sort of, um, you, yeah just be better you know the new uh the space you're talking about in august with with your Hopefully, potential yeah. move which is like mm. nine months or whatever that is uh, yeah. almost a year mm. you're there's no lease or anything yet right you haven't signed a lease nope. haven't so, even got the spot so okay because yeah, yeah that, like obviously that's all dependent on and hinge, like that would hinge on what happens with with your country right as with regards to covid i'm assuming yeah i mean where we are in new south wales we kind of floating on 
a second wave. There's kind of they have pockets. Victoria, where Melbourne is, they're still in lockdown. They've been in lockdown for ten weeks um, because of the second wave. Um, we kind of. Uh, you wouldn't even really know people wear masks when they go shopping and out in public, but um, yeah, it really depends on what happens. Um, I'm kind of like, there's the part of me that you could be like, Oh, we don't do it. And we just stay here and we just keep going. But um, you know, from being able to take on more work and even grow and even consider putting in an auto, like it just won't work where we are. It's not, it's not practical. You know, we probably should have moved three years ago. However, I had three years ago, I had my daughter, the year in the middle, couldn't manage it. The year after I had my son. So it's kind of like (laughs) all these things happen. And then COVID hit. We nearly signed, we nearly moved this year in January. I found this amazing space. It was way more money than we were paying, but um, I hadn't really ever, like my budget was a bit loose. So I actually went back and realized, tried to figure out how much it was going to cost. And there was no way I could have afforded it and still kept operating. And then in hindsight, um, COVID hit. Mm. So it kind of, kind of helped. <laughs> it sort of saved me from having to sort of be exposed at that, at that level, which is kind of, you know, and not really wanting to take on debt. I really have a, a, an aversion to it, but I kind of know that to move, um, I'm kind of probably going to have to. So, you know, it's just committing. Cautiously. Yeah. Cautious. I would, I, mean, imagine, I'd love to be, uh, I would imagine it's a, you know, when you do next summer sign a lease, it's going to be a leaser's market. I mean, you're, you're, you'll probably get a yeah. really nice deal. You know, I would sign a long one. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's kind of, you know, definitely in my favor is, is that, um, you know, hopefully I can get it cheaper and go for longer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want, I want like at least a five year lease. That's kind of what I'm aiming for. Um, I've never moved a print shop except for my, the first time I moved in here and everything fit in a van. Um, so, uh, the idea of having to move what we have, um, compared to, you know, it's, that's just, it scares me. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't sound like fun at all. No. no. <laughs> well, Hey man, we appreciate you doing this with us. Like, I'm so happy to have been able to talk to you guys. I'm, I'm a big fan. Like it's such a, what you guys are doing is such a good thing. So. Hey, thank you. Well, especially cause you're in the future right now. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking, I was going to ask you what's for dinner, but it's, I should ask you what's for breakfast. Ooh. Uh, breakfast was actually, um, toast. Cause I had to, my, uh, my son had his first day of um, preschool today. So I was sort of running around, um, dinners, spaghetti bolognese, which we happen, happen to have probably three times a week because that's all they eat. So, so what's, uh, what do you put on your toast? Oh, I had Vegemite actually. I'll send what's you guys that? some Vegemite. Uh, it's like oh, a yeah. it's yeast extract. It's you either mm. love it or you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, save your fucking postage. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's an it's it's very Australian Vegemite. Um, it's a it's an acquired taste, but it's kind of that thing that you know, um, if you you just some days you just want to eat it, and um, that's that's what it is. So it was what do you put on your toast up there in New York, Dylan? Fucking butter, like a normal human being. <laughs> Nothing else, just straight butter. Yeah, yeah. And salt, probably. <laughs> no, salted butter. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, ye- what did you say it was? Yeast? It's a yeast extract. Mm, yeah, all right, yeah. I don't want to knock your toast. I feel bad if you like it, but to me, it's, it's not sound great. Our friends Cartoon Fabrique in, uh, in Holland sent us uh, what they put on toast, mm-hmm. and it's called um, mice poop. 
or oh. something like that, or mouse poop. And it, it's like these little cho- these sprinkles of chocolate, and it looks like my it looks like my meister, and they just sprinkle it all over the test. And we they gave us this whole right? thing. It was really good though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the name they came up with. <laughs> so, well, I didn't. It's, I didn't name Vegemite. It's not like <laughs> it's been around forever. That's oh, your like fault. A, I've yeah, heard of it. Fault. I've heard of it before, but I didn't know what it was. All right, dude. We'll have a good morning. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much. And, um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna go home. And go to bed now. Go home and have some Vegemite. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> thanks, guys. Bye. See you, Shannon.